Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. We know we're not going to make it to heaven because we've been good enough. If you have a realistic view of who you are, you know that you won't make it on your merit. You won't make it because you served enough, you gave enough, you were gifted enough, you were talented enough, you prophesied, you had this gift, that talent. None of that will matter. Everyone that makes it to heaven is going to make it because the blood of the Lamb washed our sins away. Amen. This is this liberating truth, right? I can't be good enough. I don't have to be good enough. The blood of the Lamb is good enough. Many people believe that in order to get into heaven, our actions must be taken into account. While that's true for Judgment Day, our actions mean nothing when we're talking about heaven or hell. Pastor Bill reminds us today that we are all equal at the foot of the cross because we all need the same thing, the blood of the Lamb. None of us are good enough for heaven on our own. We need Jesus. Don't get caught up in all the ways that you fall short. Focus on Christ and how perfectly His grace encompasses you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 12 as he continues his message, Defeated Devil. Once again, Satan is, is now he's pulled up in the heavenly realm where he's been accustomed to coming in and out of when he pleased. But God says, hey, now it's over with. I've allowed you to come in and out. I've allowed you to come in and out, but now it's over with. God didn't even have to step in and do it. God was like, Mike, I can take care of that. Get your guys, man, and, and go ahead and take care of that. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels and put them out. You're no longer able to come in and out. You no longer have access into this space. It says there was no longer place found for these guys in heaven. What does this reveal to us? Um, one, that there is very much a spiritual realm where there's warfare and battle. There's a demonic realm where there are demons and devils and there's angels that are on our side. God is in charge of everything. He has all the authority. We're on the winning team. There's more angels with Michael than there are with the devil. He has a third. You know, Jesus has more. We just we know that ultimately in every battle. And this is what I just want to encourage believers, because sometimes we get weary in the battle. But if you don't quit, we'll be victorious. We will win ultimately. Maybe you're thinking about quitting. Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you've been beat down for some period of time. I would encourage you to not quit, to not fall. The only way we lose is if we quit. We have the victory through Christ. As we read this, God is saying, look, I'm giving you a peek into the future. I'm showing you what's happening in a future date in the unseen realm. I'm still winning and he's still losing and I'm ultimately going to win. and He's ultimately going to lose. And so just just stand fast in the Lord, immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And don't quit. Stay in the fight. It's a worthwhile battle. And if we stay in the fight, we do win. Our victory is not in our own might and our own strength that we're victorious through him. Our victory is through Christ. Just like why is Michael victorious? God empowered him. God sent him. God placed him and says Satan is defeated in this time as well. Verse nine says, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. You should underline that in your Bible. What does Satan do? He deceives the whole world. He's a liar. How does he deceive the whole world? I want you to just think on that. How does the devil deceive the whole world? That means that he may have some sway on information that goes out and how it's told. And he just he's not looking at deceiving two or three people. 
He's deceiving the whole world. Later on, we're going to see after Satan is bound for a thousand years, when he's released, you know what he comes immediately to do? He goes to deceive the nations. I'm not trying to deceive neighbors. I'm deceiving nations is what he comes back to do. So we need to be careful as believers, right? If Satan is deceiving the world, I got to consider how does he do that? He may use media. He may use education. He may use books. He may use false religions. Doesn't matter what he uses. What's my defense against being deceived with the world? God has given us the book, you guys. God has given us the living word of God. This is the this is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. And so my victory over the enemy, how I stay you know, wise to the, the schemes, the tricks, the lies, the deception is to stay rooted and grounded in the truth of the word of God. And that's why we are pressing the body and encouraging the body and even challenging the body. Read the Bible every day, please. Let's read through the Bible every year together. Let's stay rooted and grounded in the word of God. Let's study it chapter by chapter and book by book so we can know it really well, because this is what's going to keep me victorious against the schemes, the lies, the strategies, the tactics. When the whole world is saying this is the way we should do it, the believer is going to say, no, that's not what Jesus said. And the world's going to say, oh, that book is old and archaic. And we're going to say, no, it's living and it's powerful and it's supernatural and it can save your soul. And I I know you have a Ph.D., but I disagree with you. Know that there are educated fools out there. The Bible says that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. I mean, God's like if, if I had a dumb day. I'd be wiser than the wisest, wise person out there. And so but he has no dumb day. He's all knowing and all powerful. And so Satan comes to deceive the whole world. Then it says the last part of verse nine, he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And so they were kicked out. And I want you again, this is another defeat. It wasn't like they were asked to leave polite. They were kicked out. And I want you just to just keep this in mind. If you get kicked out of somewhere, it means I wanted to be there and someone with more authority and more power didn't let me. Anybody here ever been kicked out of somewhere, maybe kicked out of a club because you got unruly? I'm sure somebody listening has been kicked out. Usually if you watch someone getting kicked out, they don't want to go. You know, if you watch a guy being kicked out of a club, he's being grabbed and dragged by big burly bouncers. He's not going willfully. He's being taken by someone stronger with authority that says, get out. You're done here. That's essentially what Michael and his angels do to Satan and his angels. They grab him. Someone more powerful says, get out. You can't be here anymore. He's kicked out and cast to the earth. Verse 10 now. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. John hears this voice from heaven, a loud voice, and it's saying, look, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. And he says, look, for the accuser of our brother, this is one of the names of Satan. Pay attention to it. The accuser of our brethren. Look at what he does. Who accuse them before God day and night. He has been cast down. So one of the things that Satan does hear this believer is he accuses the brethren day and night. So one thing I would encourage is that as believers, we don't want to pick up this characteristic. Amen. As I look at the devil and say, wow, he accuses people day and night. 
I don't want to take on that kind of character. I don't want to be the believer that's accusing people all the time, that's pointing out everybody's mishaps and mistakes, because that's Satan's character. If you take a room full of believers, everybody's got flaws. Don't make it your job to be the believer to point them out. That's what Satan does. Satan accuses people. And here's the thing. It's not even that he's lying. He could accuse everyone listening before God with something true. Everybody think last seven days, anything you did wrong, anything you didn't do that you should have done, that you did do that you shouldn't have done. Satan is there saying, look at what he did. Look at what it is true. It's true. You did do that. You did do that this week. All of you. Shame on you. You did all that stuff he said. Right. But I got good news for you. I got great news for you. You got a great attorney. Hebrews 7, 25 says that he lives. He ever lives to make intercession for you. And so while Satan is there all day saying he did it, she did it. They did it. I saw him. Look at it. Jesus is there saying, no, it's, it's washed away in the blood, washed away in the blood, washed away in the blood, making intercessions for us. Day and night, we're working him out too. Some of y'all are working him out over time and y'all need to stop it. But it's encouraging to know that we're covered. But he's there accusing, accusing, accusing. And the Lord is there washing and washing and forgiving and cleansing. Something we need to take from this. Because if Christ's character is going to be formed in you, maybe you're a believer and you feel really good about the transformed life that you're living and this happens, and then you begin to look down on those that are not as transformed as you think you are, we want to be careful about having that sort of a flavor to us as believers. We want to help people out. You know, it doesn't mean that we can't call people on some stuff and love and, you know, seek to help a brother out. But if you tend to be the believer that just, man, you can see the wrong in everybody but yourself, You probably should spend more time in the word because this is what happens. I promise you, the more time you spend in the word, which the Bible says is a mirror, the more aware you will be of your own flaws, the less concerned you will be with the flaws you see in other people. So if I spend time in the word, I'm like, man, I got so much work to do. And then you come by and I see some blemish on you. I got a mole, a blemish, a burp. I got I'm dealing with myself today, sir. You know, I'm I'm not going to be as concerned with accusing you. I'm trying to get myself together. That's really the goal. The word is to bring about personal transformation. And eventually we can reach out and help somebody else out. But be careful about taking on the character of Satan who accuses, uh, condemns and brings down. Condemnation is different than conviction. Condemnation is like it just makes you feel bad, makes you want to quit. Condemnation to have you walk away from the Lord. Conviction will draw you back to God. Conviction will say, oh, man, I I hate what I did. God, forgive me. God, strengthen me. God, help me to do better. But conviction of the Holy Spirit will just draw you back to Jesus with a heart that that feels more like his heart feels with a mind that sees a thing God's way that you begin to hate what he hates and love what he loves. Conviction will do a great work. Condemnation will just beat you down and have you say, I I quit. I can't. I'll never be good enough. You know, and so be, be careful about being the accuser, and maybe you've been accused by someone and they got you feeling condemned and want to quit. Be careful about giving ear to that. Let conviction have its perfect work. Conviction will not let you continue in sin, but it'll have you turn into God for forgiveness and strength to overcome, not just to quit and give up. So, but Satan, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night, he has been cast down. Verse 11, and this is a key verse in this chapter. Hear this. 
And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Now, again, I titled the chapter Defeated Devil. And he's been defeated at every point, defeated in his attempt to try to stop the Messiah from being born, defeated in the attempt to try to kill the Messiah after he was born, defeated in his attempts, his many attempts to kibosh Israel and just wipe out the nation, kicked out of the heavenly scene. Him and his angels booted out by Michael and his crew. Now they're here. They're no longer able to come and and accuse the brethren day and night. And then it says here, how do the believers overcome? Well, I'm seeing God's cleaning up house. God is winning every battle. Satan is getting thumped out everywhere. But how does the believer overcome? It says, and they overcame him. The believers then overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. And I got to stop and talk about that. This is so important. It, it might be the most important thing I say. If you, if you tune me out, tune in and hear this. Believers overcame the enemy, the work of the enemy, the the schemes of the enemy. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And it says the word of their testimony, they love their lives to the end. Blood of the lamb. Why is that important? For this reason, it's nothing that they did. The blood of the lamb, that's nothing you did. Amen. You have nothing to do with the blood of the lamb. But they overcame by the blood. How do I overcome by something that I had nothing to do with? And God says, look, they overcame by the blood of the, they overcame by what I did on the cross. Believers overcome by what Jesus did. We believe in him. We believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross. And if it's believing in that, that brings us into the place of victory. They, they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb. And so will you. If Satan's accusing you day and night, how do you overcome that? By the blood of the lamb. Because what does the blood of the lamb do? Washes me, washes you. Amen. We know we're not going to make it to heaven because we've been good enough. If you have a realistic view of who you are, you know that you won't make it on your merit. You won't make it because you served enough. You gave enough. You were gifted enough. You were talented enough. You prophesied. You had this gift, that talent. None of that will matter. Everyone that makes it to heaven is going to make it because the blood of the lamb washed our sins away. Amen. This is this liberating truth. Right. I can't be good enough. I don't have to be good enough. The blood of the lamb is good enough. And I overcome and you overcome and they overcame by the blood of the lamb. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe there's no way to save me. There's no hope for me except you and the blood of the lamb. What you did for me, what that does to us, it makes us all equal. There's no there's no super saints. I'm the spokesman, but I'm not a big deal. Jesus is the big deal. I got to come in just like you with the blood of the lamb. They say at the cross of Christ, there's equality because everybody at the foot of the cross needs the same thing. Rather, you were a drug addict, a a white collar criminal, a pretty square non-believer. We come to the foot of the cross and we all need the same thing. The blood of the lamb to wash away our sins. Uh, There's equality there. There's a matter of you're rich or poor, successful, unsuccessful. At the foot of the cross, we all need it. The blood of the lamb. And we overcome through the blood of the lamb. And so I just wanted to hammer that point home to us that there's something you're going to grab a hold to. The blood of the Lamb of God to wash away your sins. There isn't anything greater ever been done for us than that. And we should put our faith in him and his finished work and what that means for every believer. So it says they overcame him, number one, by the blood of the Lamb. Then it says, and by the word of their testimony. Obviously, Jesus died for the sins of the world, but everybody's not saved. 
His blood was shed for everybody, but it's those who put their faith in him, those that confess him to be Lord, the word of their testimony. I'm testifying that Jesus died for my sins, rose from the grave, and I put my faith in him. The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. We, we have to believe in, and agree. It says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so we're believing, we're confessing, we're there, we're saying, God, I believe this. Something that, um, you know, some people when they're sharing their testimonies can really glorify the past. And, you know, some of us have gnarly testimonies. Some people have much grim, much, much more, you know, just they got into a lot more sin uh, than other people. And so sometimes you listen to a testimony and it's like, man, that guy was he was on crack. He shot 10 people up, robbed a bank, and wow, then he came to G. Wow, that's amazing. I just, I just grew up in a Christian home, and I just know that I don't have a testimony. Yes, you do. Something that um, Chuck Smith's longtime assistant, his right-hand guy was named L.E. Romaine. And for you guys who are familiar with him, he was kind of a hard guy. He was a military guy. But he, he said this. He says, everybody has the same testimony. He says, this is everybody's testimony. He says, I was a jerk. And Jesus saved me. He said, everything else is just details. But he said, that's everybody's testimony. I was a jerk and Jesus saved me. Just kind of put everybody on the, on the same place. So it doesn't matter how far away you were from God at one point. It doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian home. The testimony is going to be the same. The blood of the lamb. I'm testifying to the blood of the lamb that Jesus died for my sins. And that's how I'm saved. It uh, doesn't matter how far away I was, how deep I was in the trenches of whatever. It says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And here's an important point. And they did not love their lives to the end. Something about loving our lives weakens us in the spiritual life and spiritual battle. If you love your life and you want to protect it and keep it, it's going to hinder you from being what God would want you to be. Jesus said, step one, if you're going to be a disciple of mine, you got to deny yourself. Take up your cross, instrument of death daily, and then you can follow me. Jesus said, he who loves his life will lose it. He who loses it for my sake is going to find it. So we want to be careful about trying to preserve our life, keep our life, save our own lives. We want to lay it at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, my life is yours. You laid on the cross, you die, you laid it all out for me. God, you, you take this life and you do what you will with it. These people did not love their lives to the death, and some of them would die for their faith, but they kept the faith. What if they loved their life so much because during the tribulation period, they are threatened with death? What if they loved their life so much that at the point where they were threatened with death for their testimony, they said, okay, I renege on my testimony. Give me that mark. I'm going to take the mark. I, I renege on my testimony. You're not going to make it like that. They had to maintain this even to the death. And so for you and I, we're not living in a tribulation period. We're not living at a point where the government is coming to kill us for our testimony of Christ. But is there ever a time when you fall back on your testimony for Jesus? Is there ever a time where you you soften up on your love for the Lord? Is there ever is, is there an atmosphere? Is there a crowd of people? Is there an audience before whom you're less enthusiastic about your love for the Lord? Because I, I would challenge you. If you can identify a group, a people, a place where you fall back, they didn't love their lives to the death. You're loving your life a little too much and need to let that go. There should be no group, no person, no, no nothing, because no, no one else died for you. 
No one else died on the cross to save you. No one else makes available to you everlasting life and access to God here and now. And so once again, how was the enemy defeated in the life of the believer? These tribulation saints, he's defeated because of the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they're not loving their lives to the death. He'll be defeated in your life by the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony. And don't love your life to the death. Let the Lord have access to your life. Let him have his way in your life. Moving on now, verse 12 says, therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he know he has a short time. And so this woe goes out during the tribulation period. It says, man, now Satan knows his time is almost ticking out. He's coming down with great wrath. He's going to tear up. He's already doing terrible things. But imagine this period of time where Satan knows clock is ticking. You got just a little bit of time. It says they're warned that he's coming down with great wrath. Verse 13, it says, now that when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth. He persecuted the woman. Who's the woman again? Israel, the Jews. So during the tribulation period, Satan is cast down to the earth. He goes to persecute the woman who gave birth to the male child, Jesus. So Israel, where the Messiah came from, verse 14. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. If you take that phrase time, times, and half a time, that's three and a half years. So this is what happens. Satan tries to come. I'm going to persecute this woman during the tribulation period. God says, no, you're not. And I can't explain exactly what this is here, where it says, you know, she was given the wings of a great eagle. There's volumes on what that is. I'm going to say, I don't know. God supernaturally intervenes and, and, and carries the Jews, a woman, the Jews that are alive, into some place where she's going to be covered and protected from the attack and the presence of the serpent. Verse 15. So the serpent spewed out water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. Another attack of the enemy on Israel during the tribulation period. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dragon spewed out of his mouth. Another failed attempt of Satan to attack Israel during the tribulation period. Verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, who are the rest of her offspring? When the Jews didn't come to Christ, who did God work through after that? The Gentiles. So when he says the rest of her offspring, these are the Gentile believers now that are here. Since I can't get to you guys, I'm going to go after them And so we just see Satan is on a tear, but he's very unsuccessful. In this chapter, everything he tried to do, he was defeated. I'm going to stop the birth of Christ. And I'm going to stop him as soon as he gets here. And I'm going to attack the child when as soon as he's born through Herod, not successful. You know, all all the attacks on the Jewish people, they're still here and thriving. Here, I'm accused them day and night. You guys get out of here. You're kicked out of heaven. You're defeated. Uh, Michael and his angels defeated you guys. You guys got to be out of heaven. You can't come up here and accuse anymore. Now they're thrown to the earth and they say, "Okay, we're going to go after the Jews. And God says, no, I'm going to carry her away. I'm going to send a flood. God says, no, but I'll open up the earth and swallow the flood up. Well, then fine. I'll go after the Gentile believers and they're going to be unsuccessful there as well because Satan can't defeat 
the Lord. He can't defeat those that belong to the Lord. So as we wrap up this chapter with all these interesting characters and symbols and signs and all of that, what is this revealing to you and me about Jesus? Get this, that he is ultimately victorious. Amen. Jesus is victorious and Jesus is our victory as well. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of Revelation. This book touches on the people and the world being judged during the tribulation. Some may feel that with all that's happening in the world right now, that we're already there. However, there's more to come and that's why it's so important to know where you stand with God now. Don't delay a decision that you think you can put off because you have lots of time. The time is now. If you're not sure where to go or what to do and the things you're hearing from Revelation are causing you to be fearful, please let us know by giving us a call. We're here to give a listening ear and to answer any questions you might have about this teaching or about salvation. Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. If you prefer reaching us online, you can fill out the contact form on our website at Cal calvaryinglewood.org. If you're not already connected with a local church family, we'd like to invite you to join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Inglewood. You can find all the information you need at our website, including service times, directions, and information about the church. You can even find links to stream our services or watch previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Thanks for spending time with us today in the Word. Pastor Bill will share more about what God revealed to John in the book of Revelation next time on A Transforming Word.